Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's great to have all of you with us again. This week, we'll be looking into how the Word will affect the outcome of certain types of sin sooner or later. The Word of God is more than just words printed on pieces of paper. It's exactly what it is. The Holy Bible is the Word of God, the Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. And when His words are uttered, something happens. Some action is revealed. And that action can be either for blessing or for destruction, depending on what it is. But make no mistake, the Word of God will be fulfilled in all kinds of different ways and dimensions sooner or later. But we'll talk about this a little bit later on. Meanwhile, I would like to turn your attention to the east coast of the United States, where it appears that Hurricane Florence will make landfall soon enough. I encourage you to pray for the people that may be affected by the storm. Prayer does change things. And when we all come together praying for the same thing, God can move towards that common goal. There is power when there is a unified group of people seeking the presence of God. We can never take lightly the power of faith and prayer combined. That's why I always urge you all to pray for something in particular with a unified spirit. So having said that, let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, because... We can come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you because we can trust in you, because we can look to you, because we can ask you for help, Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, we pray, Lord God, for the, for the different people in the different states in the East Coast, Lord, of the U.S. Heavenly Father, please have mercy. Lord God, I, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, uh, above everything, that you may be able to keep people safe. I know that um, financial things are important, property is important, but Lord God, lives are the most important thing. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your uh, your saving grace, Lord God, that your protection, Lord God, may be on those people. And Lord, Heavenly Father, if it is also in your will, we pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that um, you may work a miracle and just weaken the storm and that it may not hurt anybody at all or anything. Lord, we know that anything and everything is possible for you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray now that you may help us through your Holy Spirit uh, understand your word, that you may help us to understand what, what we need to learn, what we need to apply. Because every time, Lord God, that you allow for your word to come to us, it's because you want to do something in our lives. You want us to learn something. You want us to apply something. Heavenly Father, help us to be mindful of that. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. As part of today's message, we'll talk a bit about the influence of the word of God on our lives and how it affects the outcome of our actions. If there's anything that needs to be understood is this. The Word of God is conditional. Everything has consequences depending on what our actions are. We will see this a bit more in our scripture reading today, which is found in Zechariah chapter 5, verse 1 to 4, where it says this, Then I turned and raised my eyes and saw there a flying scroll. And he said to me, What do you see? So I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits and its width 10 cubits. Then he said to me, This is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole earth. Every thief shall be expelled according to this side of the scroll, 
and every perjurer shall be expelled according to that side of it. I will send out the curse, says the Lord of hosts. It shall enter the house of the thief and the house of the one who swears falsely by my name. It shall remain in the midst of his house and consume it with its timber and stones. The flying scroll that the prophet Zechariah sees in the vision is a symbolism of God's word. It is very possible that the curse that is mentioned is probably what was written on the scroll itself. It's a conditional message aimed towards those that are both thieves and perjurers, or those that lie under the name of God. The message is simple. If a person stole or swore falsely, lied in other words, then the curse that will come upon them would consist of destruction. To help understand things a little better, we need to look at when Zechariah wrote the book. He's very specific about the dates which were written between 520 and 518 BC. He received a vision from the Lord during the reign of Darius the Great. Darius the Great would be the one that God would use to install Zerubbabel as the governor of Yehud Medinada, or the province that contained Jerusalem, and ultimately bring about the rebuilding of his temple. But in order for the rebuilding of the temple to be a success, like any endeavor that involves the ministry of God, the people involved needed to be cleansed. And this particular passage deals with the issue of stealing and lying that was predominantly found in the people of the Lord during that time. It's a problem to steal from anyone, especially from fellow believers, as well as to lie to each other. Before we get into that, we need to understand one fundamental truth, that the word of God will be fulfilled no matter what, whether it be for blessing or for curse. Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The Lord also said this, For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. So, if the Bible says that there will be a consequence of something, then it will happen and no one will be able to stop the consequence. This is why it is so important to get into the Word of God. It cannot just be an intellectual pursuit, but rather we need to learn it and apply it to every aspect of our lives if in fact we want for God, you guessed it, to bless every aspect of our lives. The Word of God is life. It's blessing. It's everlasting. So we cannot take it lightly. Now coming back to the flying scroll, the concept was very simple. If you steal from each other, then you will be destroyed. If you lie to each other, then you will be destroyed. But, like any conditional statement, if you do the opposite, then the opposite is true. So, if you don't steal from each other, then you will not be destroyed. And similarly, if you don't lie to each other, then you will not be destroyed. God gave the vision, not necessarily because he wanted the destruction of the people, but rather if anyone with any kind of sense believed the message, then it was a message of warning to inspire some sort of godly fear so people would stop doing what was wrong because of being fearful of what might go wrong. The goal was to help people understand the consequences they would face for their wrong actions toward each other. The reason why the curse was pretty drastic is because one of the main things God cares about is the way we treat each other especially as believers in Christ. It's very simple. 
The second most important commandment in all of the word of God is this. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So the questions that should come out of this should be quite obvious. How am I loving my neighbor if I am stealing from him or her? And how am I loving my neighbor if I am lying to him or her? Some people, incredibly enough, may not see these things as serious. So, let's flip it around like we usually try to do. Do you like for people to steal from you, especially those people whom you trust? Do you like for people to lie to you, especially those people whom you trust? I don't think anyone would like for their trust to be violated, especially by those that are supposed to love him. Right? So, this whole stealing and lying to each other business is all bad. And this was happening then, and it is certainly happening now. This is what God has to say when we do wrong things to each other. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. So, if we help each other, there will be a reward. But if we do wrong things to each other, then it would be better to just do yourself in, according to God himself. And if there is something in your life that is influencing you to do something wrong to your brother or sister in Christ... You should get rid of it. That's the point regarding the cutting off your hand if it causes you to sin analogy. How many times do people give others bad advice that ultimately wind up hurting other people? If you have someone giving you bad advice, things that go against what the Bible teaches, you should get away from them. Cut your hand off if you have to before you do something wrong or completely unwarranted to someone that belongs to the Lord. After all, we're not supposed to do anything wrong to anyone regardless, but least of all to those that belong to the family in Christ. Here is something else that we really, really need to keep in mind, especially when dealing with our fellow brother and sister in Christ. Matthew chapter 25 verse 34 to 40 says this, then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. 
When a person accepts Christ into their heart, then Christ lives inside of them by faith. So when a person does something to a fellow believer, they are doing it to the Lord, whether it is something good or evil. So if you steal from your brother in Christ, you're stealing from Christ. Likewise, if you lie to your brother in Christ, you are lying to Christ. Do you get the picture? And that applies all around. If you reject your brother or sister in Christ, especially for no reason whatsoever, you are rejecting Christ. Everything we do to each other, we do it directly to the person of God that inhabits the believer. That's why it is so important to treat each other right. And of course, to help each other, especially when we are in need. And, apropos to today's passage, we should never lie nor steal from each other. So, the matter is quite simple. If you believe that the Word of God is the truth, then logic would dictate that you would try to follow what it says as closely as possible. And following that line of reasoning, if God's Word says we should treat each other with love, then if you fear God and want His reward at the same time, then I think you would try to be as kind and as loving as possible to those who have God in their hearts. We really need to learn how to love each other by doing good to each other. Because in doing so, we are loving God and we are doing good to Him. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we <clears throat> I praise You and I worship You, Lord, for Your goodness. Heavenly Father, help us to, to learn how to treat each other. How to deal with each other fairly, Lord God. Because Lord, You want for us to learn to, to start even learning to be fair before we can even start loving the other person, Lord. Heavenly Father, help us to think that the golden rule applies all around. That if we want to be treated a certain way, then we should be treating those people the same way. Heavenly Father, help us to be conscious of that, depending on thinking on how we treat others, Lord. Help us, O oh Lord, to, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Help us not to steal from each other, not to lie to each other, Lord God, not to deceive each other, Lord God, but to treat each other with respect. Your word teaches us that we need to do good to everyone without exception. Your Bible, your word even says that we need to love our enemies. So you teach us to love our enemies, which is really hard, but that's what you want because we were your enemies once upon a time. But Heavenly Father, if we are to love our enemies, then how much more we should know or learn to know how to love our brother and sister in Christ. Heavenly Father, help us to be conscious that what we do to each other ultimately affects you directly. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you're merciful, because you're gracious, and Lord, because if we learn from our mistakes and we stop doing them, and we start doing what's right. Lord God, you, you do have mercy on us. And you do take away the consequences that may come upon us because of our wrong decisions. Because of our wrong actions. Because you are a merciful and loving God. I give you thanks and I praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now as always, if you need some prayer help, if you have some questions, we would love to hear from you. May God bless you. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry 
dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world.